Elizabeth Goff was born in Ukraine. Her father died when she was just one years old, and by the age of five, she was going from house to house begging for food in order to support her family. Her mom struggled with alcoholism. It's created a, an awful environment in, in the home. And one day, Elizabeth and her half-sister, Tanya, decided that they had enough and they were going to run away from home. Somehow, they, they got on a bus and they were able to make it to a new town. And to survive in their new town, they would collect empty bottles and, and sell them to buy food. And the clerk, the clerk at the store where they were doing this got concerned for these children and called the police who came and took Elizabeth and Tanya to the police station to gather more information about them. Elizabeth and Tanya ended up in a detention center. And the caseworkers, they were able to track down their mother. But when they contacted her, the mom said that she couldn't care for them. And she didn't want them. And not to send them back. And the caseworkers were able to locate Tanya's biological father and he decided, hey, I'll come and, I'll come and, and um, get my daughter. And when he arrived at the detention center, he, he told Elizabeth that he was only taking Tanya. He didn't want her because, because Elizabeth wasn't his daughter. She said that day became a blur. And she could remember just this feeling of heartbreak, abandonment, loneliness, no one cared for her. No one wanted her. After about a year in the detention center, she was transferred to an orphanage. And even though she didn't know God, she would, she would pray to him, asking him for a sign that everything was going to be okay, that everything in her life still had some kind of purpose and meaning. One Christmas at the age of 10, Elizabeth received her first Christmas gift ever. It was a red box. It looked just like this one. She received a box from Operation Christmas Child, and she tells the story of opening it up and seeing all of these, all of these toys and gifts in it. And there was this yo-yo that really caught her attention. And for some reason, God used the giving of this gift to spark hope that she wasn't alone. Somebody loved her. Somebody was, was actually thinking about, about her. The orphanage that she was a part of uh, sponsored a, a choir trip to the United States for about two weeks. And during the second week of their tour, she was uh, hosted by a family in, in Virginia, but what no one knew was that God was at work. He was stirring in the hearts of those, of those host parents, Jim and Jean Henry, to adopt Elizabeth. They told her that they wanted to adopt her, and then they asked her if she would be willing to be adopted into their family. And of course, she said, yes, yes. Elizabeth had been given the greatest gift of her life, the gift of belonging, the gift of a family. Jim and Jean Henry became her mom and dad. 
But as life, as, as life-changing as this gift is, friends, there is another gift that was given hundreds of years ago that literally changed the course of time. It split time in half, and by far, it's the greatest gift that's ever been given. And we read about this gift in our passage today found in Galatians. And as you turn there in your Bibles, I just want to encourage you also back there next to the the Lottie Moon Christmas week of prayer is a sermon card. You can grab one of these. There are all the sermons from December all the way through next May. Has all of the passages. It tells you all what we're going to be doing. That way you can actually read and kind of just kind of let the let the scripture uh, get into seep into into the the depths of your heart. And it'll make even Sunday morning a bit more meaningful. So grab one of those sermon cards on your way out. Galatians chapter 4, I want us to, just, just two verses, verses 4 and 5. If you're using one of the, the black pew Bibles, you can find it there on page 974. Galatians 4, 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons or as sons and daughters. Beautiful passage. Let me just read it again. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. I want you to see three incredible things in this in this passage about the greatest gift that God has given. First, I want you to see the gift's timing. The gift's timing. Our passage says that when the fullness of time had come, when the fullness of time had come, it wasn't just a, an opportune time to, to give a gift. Rather, it was a time that was designated by God before time even existed. It was a time ordained by him, spoken of and spoken about through the prophets. And we talked about this last week in our, in our sermon called uh, The Gift Prepared. All of these prophets were, were telling about the forthcoming of, of, a, of a birth, of a special birth, a gift of Jesus. The prophets told about his lineage. They told about his name. They told about his birthplace and, and even the specific events surrounding his birth God had ordained and orchestrated the very moment that that baby's cry would come forth from a manger in that little town of Bethlehem the gift's timing was according to God's perfect plan and and his purpose executed at the precise moment when the fullness of time had come the gift that God gave was not haphazard or or thrown together at the last minute like sometimes how i do some of my christmas shopping anybody else go out on christmas eve yes, maybe see this gift was wrapped intentionally thoughtfully and with care it was thought about and planned it was an adoption plan set in motion and fulfilled out of love at god's perfect time He had you and me in mind. And out of his great love, 
He set this adoption plan in place. But there's something else that's pretty, I think, pretty significant about this, the timing of this gift. At the precise moment of his planning, the scripture says that God sent out or sent forth his son. God sent out his son. God, he was, God, Jesus was there in heaven. And it's like, he's like, all right, son, it's, it's time. The fullness of time has come. Go. I'm sending you forth. I'm packaging you up and I'm sending you out. Jesus, our passage is showing us, this is more of a kind of a theological just, whoa, that's awesome to think about. Jesus was in, ex- in existence for all times. He's always been Jesus, God's son. See, God has eternally existed in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There never was just God by himself. He's always perfectly existed in all times in the person of the Son, Father, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was, is, and always will be fully God from eternity past to eternity future. At God's determined time, he sent his eternal son by miraculously conceiving him into Mary, the Virgin Mary, so that he could be fully human from the moment of conception until he died upon a cross just outside of Jerusalem. That'll just blow your mind away. I started thinking about that, and I was just like, oh, my word. I just had to just stop and go, God, what an incredible gift that Jesus, who existed at all times, you would, at, the, at that precise moment, hey, it's time for adoption. I, we've worked, we've done all this stuff, I've prepared for it. Like I was watching the video of this, and the, the, the family, they get on a plane, the whole family goes to Ukraine to get her. It's like, all right, Jesus, it's time, it's time. And he places her, he sends him, sends him into the womb of a virgin woman. Amazing. What a special, incredible gift. God gave us a gift that was unique, that was exclusive, that was special, that was extravagant, was supernatural. That's why we can come and sing joy to the world, the Lord has come. And we sing in awe and wonder of this gift. And it all culminated in his perfect timing. But the timing isn't the only incredible thing about God's gift given to us. The gift's type is also amazing. Our passage says that Jesus was born of a woman and born under the law. Now, you don't want to miss these two descriptions of, of this gift. God, God's gift would be placed in the womb of a virgin woman. And for nine months, Jesus was developing inside of Mary until the day of his birth when he would take, take his first breath of the very air that he created. Think about that. For nine months, Mary is carrying the Son of God, Jesus, the one who created everything. And he's born and he breathes in that air that he created. 
Jesus was born of a woman in order to become one of us. Jesus was born of a woman in order to accomplish God's purpose of rescuing us and adopting us. He was born of a woman in order to walk the paths of Galilee and Judea, to walk the streets of Nazareth and Jerusalem, and ultimately to walk that road up to Calvary where he would give his life upon a cross. Jesus was born of a woman. Jesus was also born under the law. This phrase simply means that Jesus was born of, of Jewish descent. He was a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. His mother and father were Jews. Jesus was from the lineage of King David and, and Jacob and Isaac, and all the way back to Abraham, who's the father of the Jewish nation. And from the Jews came the laws given to Moses there on Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments, all the laws that were given there, that was, that was to establish a relationship between God and his people, between God and the Jews. He gave them the law and stepped into a covenant, into a promise, and said, all right, here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to be your God. They're, they're on their way. They've, they've left Egyptian bondage, and they're traveling through the wilderness to a land that he's promised them. And he says, here's, here's the deal. I, you're my people. I love you and I cherish you. And here's what you need. Just here's what you do. You love me and obey these laws that I've given you. And I will forever be your God. I promise. They were the laws set up to, to establish a relationship between God and his people. The people, again, would promise to love God, obey his laws, and in turn, God would be their God. All of the Jews were born under the law. Their relationship with God was built upon loving him and simply keeping those commandments. Jesus was born a Jew, and he was also born under the law. He was to keep those commands. In fact, Jesus is the only human being that's ever lived that was able to keep all of the laws. He's the only one. He kept them perfectly and sinlessly. Every aspect of the law. Jesus was fully God, fully man, fully Jew, and fully sinless. And I'm about to show you why that makes such a why that's so important. This gift given by God, it was unique, it was special, beautiful, holy. It was perfect. It was a beautiful type of gift. This brings us to the third incredible aspect of God's gift given to us, the gift's treasure. And this is really where I want us to camp out. Verse 5 tells us the purpose of the gift. It says to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. That's the purpose of the gift. God gave the gift of his son to redeem those who were under the law, to redeem. Redeem is a beautiful word. It means to, to deliver. It means to, to purchase and, and set free. It's like a, a bird in a cage, and you go like, hey, how much for this bird? Hey, it's $10. Okay, here's, here's $10, and I'll take this bird and you go out into the wilderness. I mean, this is a beautiful bird. Here's what I want to do. I don't want him to live in a cage. I want to set him free. And you open up, and he flies off. He's free. 
That's what this gift is. That's what redeem is, except the price paid wasn't 10 bucks. It was the life of his son. Jesus came to purchase freedom for us. He came to set you and me free in order to be in relationship with God and to have eternal life with him like the Jews we must love him and obey his commandments. We must obey every one of the commandments. Like I said, other than Jesus, none of us, none of us could do it. We've all failed. Anybody, anybody here not broken one of the commandments? In fact, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he, he kind of, he shows us. And they're like, hey, you, you know that law that says don't murder? And like, oh yeah, I've never done that. Have you ever been angry with your brother or sister? Like, yeah, okay, then you've committed murder. How about adultery? You know that says don't, don't, don't commit adultery? Oh, yeah, no, no, I've never done that. Have you ever looked at someone? Just, have you given that second glance ever? I mean, I mean yeah, maybe, maybe one time. Okay, yeah, you, you're an adulterer. And he goes on and on, just through the sermon, you read it, and you're like, oh, man, guilty. It's like he takes my heart, and he's opening it up, and it's like right before God, and I, I, have, I have no excuses. He's exposing my, my failures and loving him and loving his and obeying his commands. We fail because we've been angry with our brother and sister. We fail because we've lusted. We've not turned the other cheek. We've not loved our enemies. We've not given sacrificially to the needy. We've judged others and goes on and on. We've not loved the Lord our God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. We've not loved our neighbor as ourselves. Friends, we are all sinners, every one of us, and we need rescue. We need to be redeemed. The treasure of God's gift is that in our destitution, in our desperation Jesus was given Jesus became our hope every one of us has made a mess of our lives all all because of our sinful choices the bible says in romans 3:23 for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god we've all fallen short we've all missed the mark every one of us all of us were enslaved to sin. In fact, Jesus was talking to a group of, of Jews, and they were talking about this subject. And listen to how he, how he describes it. Jesus answered them. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. You and I have sinned. That's a given. And because of that, we are slaves. We are imprisoned by our sin. But friends, the hope of Christmas, the treasure of God's gift given to us is that he was born to rescue us from our sin's prison and set us free. Through the gift of God's son, Jesus, we are free from sin's guilt, from its shame, we are free from trying to earn our way and work our way to heaven. We're free from religion's rules. And we're brought back into relationship. Friends, let me just ask you a question. 
Are you living as one set free? Think about it. Are you truly living as one who has been set free? Imagine that bird. You get it out and you're like, you take it out into the woods and you're like, hey, you're, it's time. And you open it up and it just stays there. And it's like, all right, hey, come on, get out. And you get him and he kind of jumps out a little bit and then he goes right back into the cage. Like, no, no, you're, you're, you're free. Go and be, let your wing, you're, you're made to fly. Go and, and be a bird. But yet he, he hangs out in that, in that cage. But sometimes we do that. I think sometimes we're, we're more comfortable being behind the prison bars of religious activity than we are with a flourishing relationship with God. Christianity oftentimes looks more like duty than it does delight. More like trying than it is trusting. Jesus was given to us, to free us from the law, to free us from duty and meaningless religious activity. Now, obviously, getting together and doing religious things, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we're, we're gathering here to worship. It's part of our relationship, but we're not, hopefully you're not here today like, well, I need to go to church. It has, it's been a while. I'm kind of feeling a little guilty, so I'll go do and check that off, and whew, that's good. No, we, we, we gather, we do this because we, so we delight, we, we see how great a love that he has for us. And we come to respond with our love and devotion. Jesus was given to bring us into a vibrant relationship with God built upon his grace and, and love. 1 John 4.10 says it this way, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. He gave us this gift. He sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. This passage tells us that it's, it's not about what we've done. It's not about how much, how much love we bring to the table. God sent his, his son not because of our love, but because of his love for us. Friends, I think we need to marinate in that truth and Quit trying to earn God's favor or to, to cover up our guilt with religious duty. If we were able to, to love on our own efforts, we would just fall short. Friends, we are able to love because he first loved us, 1 John four nineteen. He loved us and sent his son to purchase our freedom. Oh, friend, run into the embrace of the Savior rather than back into sin's disgrace. This last phrase of this passage, I think, is really the most profound. It shows us the depths of this treasure. God was given to us so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. Now, friends, I've not been abandoned. I've never been an orphan. I've never experienced what it's like to be adopted like, like Elizabeth Groff. It was, I was watching the video. You can go to YouTube, type, type Elizabeth Groff, G-R-O-F-F, Samaritan's Purse or Operation Christmas Child, and you can see her story. And I, you know, it was, as I was watching, I kind of got a little emotional. I mean, she was just sharing 
the depths of that, that emptiness when, when her mom said, I don't want her. And she ended up in that orphanage, feeling abandoned, alone, wondering if anybody even knew, knew her, wanted her. She got emotional talking about it. Then in that God-sent circumstance, that couple who came into her life and chose her. They adopted her and gave her a family. She became the daughter of Jim and Jean, Jean Henry. And that's exactly what God does for you and me. God's gift didn't just break the change of sin and set us free. It brought us into a family. It brought us into his family. We are sons and daughters of God Almighty. Now, friends, all of us, our sin has, has isolated us. It has made us orphans. It has, it has left us abandoned on the side of the road, and everyone's just driving by. They don't even want to look at us. God in his perfection, his holiness, and we as sinners, there's nothing we can do to get back. We can't get out of our orphan state. But that's why he sent Jesus. That's why he gave us this gift. We're, he came and he purchased us so that we would no longer be a slave, but a child. And not only a child, but an, but an heir. In fact, when Paul is writing to, to the Galatians in a couple of verses down from our passage, this is what he says. So you're no longer a slave, but a son and daughter. And if a son, then an heir, an heir through God. We become uh, heirs of, the, of all that God has. Through Jesus, we've received a a new relationship. We've moved from slaves of sin to children of God. And as children of God, we've become heirs of God. And the blessings, all the blessings that God has, have now been granted to you and me as his children. Now that's treasure. Paul is writing to, to the Ephesians, the Ephesian believers. And he says it this way in Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in Christ in every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. And in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Our sin had us left abandoned and rejected. We were seemingly unwanted, unlovable. In our sin, we were orphans, and, and the Scripture even calls us enemies of God. Yet He chose us. He chose us. Not based upon our goodness, but based upon the goodness of Jesus. He chose us not based upon our good works, but upon the one good work of Jesus on that cross. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the, what? Gift of God. 
It's a treasured gift. Friends, maybe this morning you're feeling rejected and alone. I read that during the Christmas season, 55% of Americans, 55% of the Americans experience sadness and deep loneliness during the holidays. If you're one of those, and there have been times I've felt like that, just like, man, I'm alone. The good news of Christmas is that you're never alone. God loves you. He loves you. Friend, you need to hear God say these words. You need to hear him say, I love you. I choose you. Through Jesus, you're my son. You're my daughter. I want you into my family. This is the good news of Christmas. This is the immensity of God's gift given to us. We are, friends, here this morning in Christ, we are family. That's why it's kind of fun. I like when we call each other brother and sister because that's really, that's who we are in the spiritual realm. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. See, my back in the old days, everybody called everybody brother, sister, brother John. Everybody called me brother John. And some of you still, I like that because that's who we are. There is something special about what we have here. Now, we as an expression of the local church, this local body of Christ, we're the family of First Baptist Church. We've covenanted, we've come together, we've made promises, and we, we sit here and just, I mean, look around. We, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are doing life together. We stick together. We, we do life together. We have our life groups. We serve together. There is some sweetness about family. That's what Christmas, we have... You know, our family will be there. Our two boys from Arkansas are coming down. One of them's getting real close to, he's got a very serious girlfriend. And we, we're thinking something might come about here in the near future. We can't, this, we've talked to her on FaceTime, but she's going to come and, and sit in with our, I mean, she's going to be a part of our, our family. I'm looking forward to our family time. Stockings are hung. And, I mean, it's, we're ready. We are, well, we got some food to make, but we are ready to get together as a family. There's a sweet, but friends, that our family, as much as I love it, it's not eternal. But what we have here, brothers and sisters in Christ, my my wife is my sister in Christ, my daughter is my sister in Christ, my boys are my my brothers in Christ. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ, and we, because of Christ, because of this incredible treasure gift, we get to experience this forever. And there'll be a day there's no more, no more tiredness, no more weariness, no more tears, no more loss, no more pain, no more struggles. It will be like these candles, love, joy, peace, hope, because that middle candle is Jesus. Friends, maybe you're here this morning. And you know about Jesus. You know about Christmas. We sing about it. You know about Jesus, but you haven't personally taken hold of the gift. Maybe it's sitting under the tree. You look at it, there's that gift. But you haven't taken it. Jesus came to set you free from sin 
and to bring you into the relationship that's free, where you can find freedom in him. He lived the perfect life. He went to a cross and died, paying the price of our sins, and he rose three days later as as the victor over sin and death. And by turning from sin, just by saying, you know what, I, I don't, I don't, all that life offers me is, man, maybe it's good, but it is nothing compared to him, to that gift. I'm going to turn from this, and I'm going to run to him. And when you do, you receive the adoption into his family. You become a son or daughter of God and an heir of his kingdom. Would you receive him? Would you take hold of that gift in faith? It is the greatest gift that you could ever receive. Friends, I I was part of Christmas. There's no greater time to give your life to Christ than Christmas. It's like he gives the gift and all you do, you take it in faith, trusting him. Friends, if you're here today, maybe you're listening online. If you're here today and you don't, you just have a knowledge about Jesus. You don't have that relationship. If you were to die today, you would, you would not get to experience the promise of that eternal life in heaven with him. Friend, give your life to him today. It could begin simply with the prayer, God, I need you in my life. I want you. The, the things of this earth, as, as glamorous and shiny as they might be, they are, they are in no comparison to the treasure of, of this gift of your son. So I'm turning from from those things, and I am trusting in Jesus. Come into my life. Live in me. I want to be in relationship with you, not out of duty, because I, but out of love, because you first loved me. Something simple like that. If, you're pray, if you prayed a prayer like that, or you want to pray a prayer, I want to, I want to hear about it. You can catch me after the service. You can you can grab one of those cards and just say, here's my number, call me. Or, hey, I, I want my heart, I said a prayer just like that. I said yes to Jesus. Drop it in the thing, and I'll reach back out to you. Love to visit with you more about that. You may be one of the people that I mentioned earlier. You're more comfortable with religiosity than you are with relationship. Christianity is more of a, of a duty than it is a delight. Your relationship with God is not the life-giving, life-transforming kind of relationship that he desires for it to be. Now, here, friend, the, the bad news is that you can't fix it on your own. Like, I'm just going to try harder. If I just, maybe I just need to pray more. I need, if I can read the Bible more, if I can, oh, I can do, do, yeah, those are good things. But, friend, you can't do it in your own power. You can ask around. I've, I've tried it. And you just, you just end up failing. And you end up feeling more guilty. If we're all honest today. All of us have aspects of our life that have morphed into duty than delight. Every one of us. Me included. Every one of us have things in our life that have become more just religious activity. I, I want to pray for you this morning. 
that the Holy Spirit would come and just do the kind of transforming work that only the Spirit of God can do, that he would get in there and, and, and bring life to you, that you, you would have like a spiritual transfusion of sorts, the spiritual blood flow of, of God's power and presence in your life so that you can live like you're intended to live, free, not in a cage. Anybody... Anybody here want to be more like that? Anybody? Father, every one of us here, every one of us, myself included, don't have that flourishing, just exponential life that's found in in Christ. God, we want that. We need that. God, we want that. Um, God, we need your spirit to come in and to, to invigorate, to take control of our lives, to bring fresh life like a cold front coming in and getting rid of all this humid and hot air, to breathe life into us once again. Oh, God, do that in us. Do that in us. God, we want to have relationship with you that is built not on just religiosity, but is, but is on a thriving, growing, dynamic relationship with you. We want to love you out of the depths of our being because your love is just flowing through us. Oh, God, do that in us today. Look at me. There's one last thing I want to ask you to do this season. There are people in our lives that need to hear about the Christmas gift that we've talked about this morning. There are people in your lives that need to be loved in the way that you and I were loved, cared for, adopted by God. I want you to think about that one person. Who is that person in your life? Who's that person at work? Who is that neighbor? Who is that family member? Who is your one? Who is that person? Think of them. I began praying for them, praying that God would, would reveal the preciousness of his gift. And maybe for you to, to reach out into their lives and tell, tell your story, or maybe simply invite them to, to church, to a Sunday morning service, invite their family to, to come to our candle lighting service, maybe to show them love, point them to the greatest gift ever given. I opened up telling you about Elizabeth Groff. Today, she's a national spokesperson for Operation Christmas Child. She travels all around the world telling her story and helping to inspire people to give this gift. In fact, this year, she's going to personally hand out the 200 millionth Operation Christmas box to a child 200 million love this box opened up the door for her and then God used that to give hope oh we've sent out a, I think 154 boxes oh may God use those maybe in the in this girl's life like just like or in, in kids lives just like they did in this precious lady she's now married doing wonderful she received the gift of adoption. It changed her life. 
But even more importantly, she received spiritual adoption. She became the daughter of the king. Friends, may we share this story this Christmas. Let us be the hands and feet that deliver the greatest gift that's ever been given. Let's stand together and sing.